what it's the same parent company for Taco Bell and Pizza Hut, which I didn't know. Oh wow! Okay then. Well, I guess oh, we got the best matter. of both worlds now because yeah. now you're starting to see the yeah. Taco Bell Pizza Hut combo stores. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, where was Yo, this? I loved 10 years Taco ago. Bell Pizza Hut combo stores when I was a kid, man. Because I would get ago. like that's, the breadsticks and tacos, and you can't get that anywhere else. Like, you can't get pizza and a taco. You know, it's amazing. Welcome, guys, to another episode of Back to the Feature, where we talk about movies from the past in the present, as long as they are over 20 years old. I am your usual host. I was going to say, I'm usual for even. Plot twist. I was, I was like, whoa. <laughs> it's been him the whole time. <laughs> it's just Dave talking to himself. <laughs> Sitting in a room by himself, projecting. <laughs> Three different voices to multiple chairs in a room, all empty. You had no idea this has been happening. <laughs> I mean, listeners, have you ever seen Raven and I the same place? True. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Only exclusively. True. Like Fight Club. <laughs> um, my co-host Raven. What's what up, up Dave? <laughs> the real Raven. Dave's just a like really good ventriloquist. Who knows? Even just... like time his voice. Right. Like, I'm just amazing. And I, this is all edited, True, so, edited so even anyway, when it overlaps. So technically, you could just be doing all of these voices. <laughs> right. Dave's just talking to And himself. we have a special guest, special guest, or it could be me f- who found a third voice, <laughs> Rocker Mike. What's up, Rocker Mike? <laughs> Hello, David. You don't know it's me anymore, do you? <laughs> I'm actually English, Mark, now. <laughs> <laughs> So just, I'm that good. I can even create a faux British accent. Drop a low like, I can sound like a Philly Dave's boy. Actually, American. A British accent. <laughs> Little known fact: Dave's actually American. He's from Philly. This is right. partially true. <laughs> We're here today. Mike is joining us. Uh, this is this may be a back to the feature for us, but this is a first timer for Mike Raven. Mike had never seen the movie we're talking about today, which is 1993's Demolition Man, starring Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, Sandra Bullock. The real reason why we're actually doing this podcast is because Raven has a crazy love for Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Sandra Bullock? Oh, yeah. You can't tell her nothing. Yeah, you can't tell her shit. Last week... She looked great in that one. I love that last one. Last week, we did a shame, shameless plug. Last week, we did a spoiler talk for Bird Box. Sandra Bullock's latest movie with Netflix, so check that out yes. if you haven't listened to that yet. And this is why, while doing that, we were inspired to do Demolition Man, and uh, which surprisingly I totally forgot also stars Dennis Miller and Rob Schneider. <laughs> yeah. Fun fact, fun fact: Rob Schneider, um, Sandra Bullock, and Sylvester Stallone would work again in uh, Judge Dredd. True. I was going to uh... say I've seen this cast before. <laughs> <laughs> and even similar, even the look of their tone, it's, it's like the same, the same movie. movie, but like it's like part two because it's like yeah, instead they like, like put him back in the machine and took him back to when it was shitty, and they never had a utopia at all. Exactly, that's, all the utopias got fucked yeah, up. That's, this is after the just the alternative universe because it's about to. Did you see the way that movie yes. ended? Right, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely turning um, shit all over. This was released October 8th, 1993. Uh, rumored budget of 40, between 45 and $77 million. And its box office run made $159.1 million. Uh, this actually came out the same year as Cliffhanger. 
Sylvester Stallone had two movies that year. Wow. I think this is one. This is one See, of those movies that I don't know that, if I've seen that one. Ah, uh, should we do Cliffhanger next? Is it twenty is years old? You're saying, Raven? Is the, I think Cliffhanger is the same oh. year. Liv, you just said True. it's the same year, uh, Raven. Wow, well, look at that. <laughs> I guess so then. <laughs> All right, maybe we'll see maybe that's on the top of the running for next next week we'll see we haven't decided just yet but uh, the synopsis is as follows a police officer is brought out of suspended animation in prison to pursue an old ultra-violent nemesis who is loose in a non-violent future society this is actually uh, partially influenced by a novel named Brave New World by Aldous Huxley which has that similar idea where a future where everyone's very very passive and people don't fight and there's no arguments there's, in fact people go out of their way to make sure that every line of dialogue they say isn't offensive to you but then what happens when someone a physical threat comes that you can't handle you have to kind of go back to the past and bring relics of the past to help you out that's kind of the similar similarities this one though plays up more satire in places sometimes subtle sometimes not so subtle it's yeah. not supposed to be a straight action yeah in its and in fact We'll go into later. I think one of its weakest aspect is the action. Mm, true. Looking back on it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> true. What's another? Yeah, when you look back on it. But again, some of that was also by design, whether it worked or not. We'll discuss it. But Raven, um, seeing as we have a guest on the podcast today, I'm going to start. Mike, usually what we do is we talk about our experiences watching the movie the first time, mm-hmm. and then we talk about revisiting it. But seeing as this was your first time watching it, uh, what did you expect before watching it? Don't worry. No, no, I had notes. Oh, you um, notes. Because <laughs> as I was watching it, I was just one thing after another. So Most of, 80% of my notes were all Wesley Snipes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're, we're not going to go into details, but just generally, like, what were your expectations when I told you to watch this movie? Because clearly, had you heard of it? or Yeah, no, of course I did. Uh, what I thought was going to happen was something more like Total Recall, Okay. okay where it was okay. kind of like futuristic... Action could be a little dark, you know, um, but it would have like a, a sci fi futuristic element that it would just be a lot of somewhat cheesy but over the top action scenes. Mm. Um, but it would still be, you know, I think it would still be entertaining. I never heard any bad things about Demolition Man, uh, but I didn't, I had no real idea of what it was about. I okay. had it, it was like one of those little grains that just yeah. gets slipped through the cracks and i <laughs> forgot about it i would never have thought to watch demolition man yeah, not yeah. fit for this yeah yeah no um it's it's a movie that slipped under the radar for many and i mean it's sci-fi but pop parody satire there's also stallone in the 90s as well where that kind of action hero is kind of changing yeah that's mm-hmm. when the change began and like that's the same isn't that same year, like jurassic park came out so it's like franchises yeah. are becoming a thing now you know and um uh, and which kind of speaks a lot to what this movie was doing. But Raven, I'm going to start with you. Uh, your first experience watching this movie. Tell the listeners about it. Well, I saw Demolition Man when I was younger. I'm pretty sure, like, when it first came out. But I didn't remember it at all. And then um, it's actually English Dave's fault here that I rewatched it in college. Because he knew my obsession with Sandra Bullock. And uh, he's like, you ever see Demolition Man? And I said, no. He's like, you know, the movie is Stallone and Sandra Bullock. And I was like, Stallone and Sandra Bullock were in a movie that I didn't see. And, um, <laughs> you know, so I instantly had to change that. And uh, I watched the movie and, and I loved it. I remember just like, it's one of my favorite Sandra Bullock roles, honestly. Um, 
mainly just because of how comedic it is. I, I love pretty much any line. <laughs> She's yeah. hilarious. Like, literally any line she says in the movie is gold. Um, All those flubbed, you know, catchphrases that we yeah, had. Yeah, so many or just, like, ones. little sayings. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to lick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> she said, you really, what you really, you really matched his meat. Yeah, you really yeah. licked his ass. <laughs> And she says it with such gusto yeah, so as well. Yeah, she's so excited about it. And I love her, like, enthusiasm <laughs> throughout Did the it. movie for bad and really shitty right. things. Like, I want to have her optimism in life for everything I do. <laughs> you know, I, I, I kind of like how it that kind of joke keeps going, the through line, but it ends with him just being like, close enough. Yeah, close enough. At the end when she... You can shovel it. <laughs> but it is close. <laughs> the thing is, it is close enough. Because right? I didn't even notice she said shovel. I thought she said shove it. I was like, oh, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, shovel it. I was like, damn it, she did say shovel, didn't she? Take this yeah, job enough. and shovel um, But yeah, you know, like, right. I really enjoyed the movie. I, and, and I also just remembered it being one of my favorite movies about the future, you know, in terms mm. of just like portrayals and uh, ridiculous imaginings of, I felt like they, they really kind of nailed it. And um, that I hadn't seen it in at least... 10 years before seeing it today so, uh, well this past week so uh yeah I'm still entertained I still think it's a fun movie you know I wouldn't say it's like Oscar worthy but it's, it's hilarious I th- I, it's funny I think the movie is one of those because a lot of that kind of style sci-fi movies came out between the 80s and the 90s but I think that's one of the movies that actually has more legs I feel like it's better with time because it's because you it's start- pretty accurate like what most is becoming more and more yeah. accurate you know, take take away the satire. There's a nuance to it that I think that was like, wow, that's actually like really the cars look nuance. like our cars. You know, like yeah. Uh, yeah, the only yeah. thing that they got well, wrong even... was the monitors. I always find it funny. I was talking to my wife the other day and saying every vision of the future, at least in the eighties and nineties, completely underestimated the value of screens. Yeah, of like because they have like tiny screens. Screen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like we want bigger screens, yeah. not smaller. Like, why is a screen a small little strip? Yeah. You know, like we want bigger screens. That's you got that wrong. Yeah. But what they got right was the 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 booths, the computer Wi Fi. They booths, did, right? We had those. Little that didn't happen until like a couple <laughs> years ago. So pretty spot on. <laughs> and we'll talk about this later. Schwarzenegger, he was like yeah, presidential he library. Yeah, he was governor, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, they changed the rules because for someone uh, who's not American. I was like, well, isn't that what that happened? That is literally <laughs> yeah. what happened. Like, um, there's whole articles of like things that. I wonder if it's the movie that inspired him to do politics in the first place. Yeah, go back and when art imitates. And then like, uh, was it Jesse Ventura was actually in yes, that? Yes, yeah, Jesse Ventura, Jesse the Body Ventura. Wow, uh, he was in that movie as well. Um, I was gonna say, yeah, my my first time watching this movie, I think it was like a year or two years after it came out. I was in Philadelphia, like one summer when I was a kid, and my brother and I were watching it. We didn't know what it was; it was just on TV. And the the virtual sex scene came up. And I remember my uncle being like, what are you guys watching? <laughs> like, uh... <laughs> because when you just listen to it, it seems more graphic than it actually it is. Does. It's one of those moments as a kid where it's like, actually, no, nothing is actually happening. Like, there's not <laughs> like, even any serious. skin exposed in the photos <laughs> that they're flashing. Like, there's nothing. No, there's there. a flash of a boob. Oh, was there a titty? I noticed there it. Was a yes, titty. there's a boob. There's, there is a titty. But so quick that you're doing it. It's probably video. not Sandra's. I was like, who's boot? Yeah, it's probably not, <laughs> not Sandra's in real life. It's probably an actress's. But 
I saw one, I was like, wait, I've never noticed. Funny enough, as much as I love Sandy Bullock, I don't want to see her boobs. I feel like it would ruin it no. for me. Like, yeah. but I think she's hot. I, I, I just I don't agree. want, I don't need the titties. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's, Let it be a mystery. Yeah, it's like, no. Because she's like, mom. Yeah, it's like, but I love this. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't get it. <laughs> don't, don't get it. Just get it to you. Um, let's get into the action movie itself then. Okay, we, we, like we watching this movie with this is the first time for me watching with an analytical eye. Yeah. You know, usually it's watch it as Same. an action film. And we're seeing this trend raven in some of the movies we've talked about where these movies that are remembered or we perceive as straight action movies are not straight action There's movies. There's not much you know, action about... in eighties, nineties action movies. Which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> because we we saw the same thing with Die Hard, same thing with Lethal Weapon, where it's like, yes, they're known for action. But there's a lot of character stuff. Yeah, there's more, like, like more than you expect. Like you think it's just stories straight action. in these eighty nineties action movies. What's that about? They thought action was just getting the story to move really quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then maybe they have like you know just really quick dialogue, and then here's a cameo, and then suddenly you're like, oh, there's a a flash of a gun. Maybe something's gonna happen soon. <laughs> nah, we're just gonna hold it in for later. That's okay. Put the glove, put the gun back in the glove compartment. Nah, that's okay. I think they defined that's action the... back then as fast edits. I don't know, you know, because it's right. like it's quick like, editing. Yeah. The pace is quick. Because I really think it was. It was so it's choppy fast pacing, sometimes. But yeah, it's yeah, like, but it's not necessarily quick moving, and it's not a lot of action. What I think is very interesting, at least the basic premise of the story, right? It's a future where an earthquake, the earthquake, happened in in California, which kind of destroyed everything, which kind of let people have to start again. Which is weird because you kind of almost have to suspend belief, right? It's one of those movies where what happens in our city is what happened to the world. Yeah. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like the whole time I'm so, like, like well, what does New York look like right now? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like okay, not those guys from New York. Right, it's like okay, the big earthquake happened in California, which is based on a real life theory that there's a big earthquake that could, because of the fault lines, yeah. could destroy everything. I get that, and I like that concept. You kind of have to believe that the rest of the world doesn't exist. But, yeah, that um, like LA just kind of like, or California kind of just branched off and is like floating in the middle yes. of the water, somewhere <laughs> it's own, very, very it's far own, from the rest of right? the it's, continent. It's own thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you get past that. And they've created a society where they've realized, okay, violence and anger and all that kind of stuff and things that lead to that should be abolished. But there's an underground resistance of people who don't want to go by these laws. That's my thing, right? too. And, Can they and, move like to another state, maybe? Another well, state. again, this is why we have to believe. <laughs> this We have to believe that there's no other option. But again, also, you know, it's it's your city. Why should you have to? You know, like, there's an underground people who are like, you know, I mean, but as opposed to living here, in the sewer, I mean, it's very New York. I mean, or, or yeah. LA, De- spot on. Yeah, right. right. There's a lot of people like, that live underground because they refuse to pay taxes. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or someone could look at just a regular New York apartment and be like, why are you living? True. <laughs> like, <Yep. laughs> very true. Um, and then again, the guy in charge of this peaceful utopia, his way to get rid of this underground rebellion is to find a killer from the past. And then bring him to the present and use him to kill the, this resistance. And then when that's found out, Stallone's brought to kill that bad guy. Okay, in terms of that basic concept, Mike, I'll start with you. What do you think? So I didn't first when they was it the cryogenic yes. chamber and then they freeze them uh, for their time that they're supposed to be in jail. However, I 
at first I didn't understand like how's anyone gonna really like learn from that? Yes. If you just kind of like turn off their mind and suddenly like, hey, what you woke up just now in the future? Yeah, I feel yeah. like that's almost a luxury. Like, yeah, yeah, put yeah. me in that right yeah. now. You know, Please I want to. I, I, I want to wait to see that. Freeze me yeah. till then. <laughs> exactly. I don't. Can we just skip for the next like two, three years? Just yeah. right now, just after all this. Uh, but and then I was it. Then you find out that he actually was conscious the yeah, whole time aware. in a uh, somewhat yeah or, yeah so okay that makes more sense yeah. to be kind of like trapped in your own mind yes. somewhat 40 that's years. so messed yeah. up yes however there is the advantage of not aging yes through that yes and so like, obviously stallone looks fucking crisp you yes. know <laughs> like do you, were you working out the entire time there like i did like the idea that um while you're frozen you're forced to learn a skill so you can so you can kind of be a uh, you can be of service to society. So he became a seamstress. Yeah. He's just like sewing this stuff. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> when he got into when he got into the car accident, he was kind of like, "You're all like disheveled. You gonna be all right?" It's like, "Yeah, just give me some, uh, you know, string and needle. I'll be fine." <laughs> Damn it! I hate that I know that. <laughs> I love that. It's such a small nuance because it's used for both comic relief, but also as a plot point for Wesley Snipes' character because he's like assassin ninja explosive expert yeah, exactly. so he had all these things which the movie opens with stallone easily taking them down which where's he slides man he goes full he goes, full yeah. like he goes full. He, yeah like you were saying he is the joker he's in the a way, joker but the first one that yes. we've been waiting for yes anyway. i think where's he snaps would make a really good joker especially at the beginning of the film right at the beginning of the film he reminds me of joker like he's not a physical presence yeah he's just laughing like like when he's like, "Where's the?" Where? Yeah, I almost imagine Batman in the. That was I, that's exactly <laughs> what's like, Where are the hostages? <laughs> it's just alone. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking before, and then Wesley's just laughing over here. Where are the hostages? Where's Rachel? <laughs> I like the idea of this villain who killed all the hostages so that the good guy doesn't realize that the hostages are there. So when the building blows up, the good guy gets blamed for their deaths, but they were already dead. And so I kind of I like that as a cool little um, intro to the characters. We then transition to find out, oh snap, Wesley Snipes is a badass. I read somewhere Raven that Wesley Snipes did his own fight choreography for this film. That's pretty. And awesome. of course he would. <laughs> of course he would. That makes sense. Um, but Raven, I'll get to you. What did you think of Wesley Snipes in this movie? He was straight comic book villain. Yeah, he went. He was the opposite he went all of out. Like he was very much. <laughs> at some point in the movie, I felt like Simon every says, time that I would, they would show him, I would start to cringe. Like, oh god, what terrible one liner is he gonna say now? You know, just so sweetie, many terrible honey, sugar. <laughs> Simon says, "Die!" Like what? Simon says. I was just like, oh, Michael's telling me, Mike, what was that scene that you told me where? He, Okay, yeah, that whole thing where he's walking into the museum. Just that opening scene. First, he walks up to a guy behind him. He's like, hmm, 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 and just takes his head and slams it against a fucking yeah, glass like, wall. And then he's looking into, uh, you know, the, the little map. And there's a there's an Asian family that walks by. He's like, hmm, ching, chong, 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 chong. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, dude, what? It was like so when evil. they first let him out of prison, he was like mimicking the guy in Spanish. I was like, yeah. what's going on here? <laughs> they didn't. But I see, the thing is, like, not past today at I'm like, all. I can't. Like, you got away with so much oh, in '93. It was so cringy. And it's funny because it also speaks to that. the movie because the movie is about what how in the say? future. We're gonna be so sensitive to everything where you can't say shit, and and that's why I think it, it works. does work because that shit doesn't yeah. fly in 2019. You know, that, 
that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he'd be getting tickets out the ass right now. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be getting social media tickets. Like, you'd be getting flagged si- on your, like... Simon Phoenix, you have been charged one credit. Yeah, Simon yeah. Simon says you're your fired. Your page has been <laughs> reported. You know? No, and, and see, that's the thing. I like I like that. And it's, it's a movie that, again, watching it with an analytical eye, and when you think of the time it came out, it came out just after the the LA riots, right, the 90s. And so the movie is also kind of commentary on that. I was telling Mike off podcast how you got a lot of sci-fi movies at the time because of the LA riots, how they thought, okay, by the year 2000, LA is going to be destroyed, taken over by gangs and drug lords. That's that's what the entire LA is going to be like. Um, but what I think is good about the film is it's a comment. It's also a commentary on the actions character action star themselves right mm. the hero and the villain stallone and snipes you are relics you guys what the hell are you guys doing like <laughs> you know that that's that's what the film's also saying at the same time yeah yeah you know, mike and i were talking off podcast i mentioned one of my favorite lines is um through sandra bullock's character her character glorifies those she times the it. action here she over yeah. she over glorifies it so again there's a commentary on that level and then when he says to her this isn't the wild west the Wild West wasn't the Wild West. You know, this isn't fun. Well, maybe a little fun, but people are dying. People are starving and hungry. Mm. And like, there's a sut- it's a subtle moment. It's but almost I think that's- deep. It's almost exactly. deep. Exactly. And that's what I love. goes there. But that's the thing. I will say there movie- are really deep themes in the story. What I don't know. Are we waiting for nitpicks? No, no. I, no, we, we, again, we're just okay. free talking here. So no- like, some of my nitpicks of the film, one was Wesley Snipes, sadly. It's like, and it's not necessarily his acting, it's just more so because his level is so, like, I don't know, so maximized compared 100. to everybody else's. It kind of just, you know, takes you out of the moment sometimes. Because, you know, for example, like, I never realized how, like, I, I don't think it ever really sat in with me when I originally saw the movie, how Wesley Snipes' character, the villain, Simon, had you know, abducted a bus full of children, had them in this, you mm. know, hostage situation, abandoned building, and then basically, you know, killed them all. Like, I didn't think of him as a murderer of innocent children. You know, like, yeah, he, he's a psycho. Yeah, because I remember his portrayal and him being so, like, funny, I never thought of him as a mass murderer. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't think of him as a terrorist, yeah. as an actual threat in terms of a villain. Mm. Uh, because I always remembered his portrayal of the character, not necessarily what the character did. So it's like, I believe yeah, yeah. that he'd fight and all those other things. But I don't know, certain things I felt were a little over the top for me. And then um, another thing is like the dialogue. Even though I love cheesy one-liners, I felt like there were times where it was like, ah, you know, or a little too much. Or maybe they could have done more, you know? I, I agree with that. But also, I think also it's the balancing thing for the film, because reading up on behind the scenes of the film part of it is a commentary on action films of the time like so the cheesy liners were done by design because it was like supposed to be cheesy because hey, you have a character like TV. exactly <laughs> <laughs> and you get you get characters like Sandra Bullock who's like she loves this she's super into this and it's just like so she wants to say her one liners there's even a line where she says oh it's so cool how you took time to say one liner before you took them out <laughs> yeah so <laughs> it's so cold in here so yeah. like while I completely agree with what you're saying, I kind of forgive it in this movie specifically because that's the thing. No, I feel like with everybody they, else, they do, do it perfectly except Wesley Snipes. I felt like it was just yeah, too, I agree, I agree. 
you know? But everybody else I loved in this movie. I love Benjamin yeah. Bratt's character. Is it Benjamin? Totally forgot he was in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's Benjamin Bratt. Yeah, yeah. Totally forgot he was in really this. Forgot he was Who in also worked with Sandra. He works with her in Miss Congeniality, right? Yeah, they were both together in yeah. that too. Yeah, there you go. There's another more, more connections. Uh, <laughs> um, the view, view, the vision of the future. Uh, I took a couple of notes on on what was interesting. I think I one of the things that stands out and in the set design. The wardrobe, yes. I will say the art direction the and and the wardrobe in this film is really good. Like costume design. Yeah. It was when they based, went out to Taco Bell, that yeah. was actually it's pretty dope. <laughs> just I, saying that out loud. Just, can I tell you? Everyone looked great. Can they I, dressed up right? Taco Bell. For Taco man. Bell, I want to know about the food. The food wars. What was that all about? I know. Like Taco Bell won the, the food franchise wars. wars. The franchise yeah. was Taco Bell won. Like, I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> so now every restaurant's Taco Bell. What, what is that like? And, and now Taco Bell's selling fine dining. I'm like, shit. Maybe that should happen so you could sell some good food. <laughs> but I do love Taco Bell. Um, guilty pleasure. I think it was Ford or someone, one of these big companies, they gave a whole bunch of their, these were actual real, pro, no, General Motors, they gave their yeah. prototype cars. So a lot of their, those cars were actual real prototypes that are used. But, but that makes sense because I feel like those cars are very similar to the kind of cars we have now, you know? Right. Or I could see us going there. The accident prevention phone, that was pretty that cool. Was pretty that dope. was pretty cool. I like that. I like that. This could be something as long as it doesn't suffocate you. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you don't die. <laughs> I also liked um, the, the, the the fact that some of their favorite music is jingles from the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Um, oh, man. <laughs> <when they> were... <laughs> and then they were singing the, the green, what is it? Street Jolly music, Green right? Giant. Jolly Green Jolly Giant. Jolly Green Giant. But it's so like a real jazzy version. Smooth. Yeah, because my girl pointed it out. She was like, Is that the Jolly Green Giant song? And I was like, Oh my God, it is. Jolly. <laughs> I was like into it for a little while. I was like, Yes. Green Giant. <laughs> I love it. They got me. <laughs> and how they're not used to physical greetings, or physical touch. Which is a thing, especially if you live in New York. New York is hate physical. Yeah, it's very so, like, true. So they, they high five like yeah, high five like. Yeah. <laughs> I love wash, that handshake. My girlfriend and I do that handshake now. Oh, it's yeah. official. <laughs> I like that. Like a, the verbal morality statute. I like. I like that. Um, three. The three seashells. Everyone has a theory. I'll tell you right now. The writer doesn't have a theory. They don't. Fun fact. Which is pretty fun. The writer wanted to come up with a, a futuristic sci-fi way to go to the bathroom. He couldn't think of anything. He called up his friend who was in the bathroom at the same time. His friend saw, you know when you get this like air freshener, poopery yeah. things that look like shells. He's like, oh, there's some shells in the bathroom. The writer's like, okay, fine, fuck it, shells. So <laughs> he never thought of how it's used or whatever. It's just shells. So there is no actual official way. But Raven, I'm going to ask you, how do you think they use the three seashells? I think the three seashells are buttons. I think one is like the day, you know, so it like sprays. I think another one like dries. No, I think it's like sud spray and dry. Uh, so they just, so you just, it's just aesthetic. It's buttons. Yeah, I think they're buttons. So you think? It's my theory. Oh, interesting, interesting theory, Mike. What is your theory? How do you think the secret of three seashells work? Number one, two, and a godforsaken three. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like how, how does it actually and work? The in you know, Stallone wants. Like Stallone was asked he was asked once and he said well it's kind of like using chopsticks <laughs> <laughs> I'll let your imagination Ew. go the rest of the way <laughs> my whole thing is then but then how oh. do you oh, <laughs> Mike just got it <laughs> whoops oh it took a while 
and you gotta you it's gonna scoop in there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> you know, uh, side note, side note for you Harry Potter fans. If you know J.K. Rowling officially made it official, she gave us some background on the history of the Potterverse. So apparently, back in the day, um, wizards didn't have toilets. Do you know how they go through the bathroom? They would just shit and piss right where they were and magically make it disappear. <laughs> That's an official thing. J.K. Rowling took the time to let us know. Thank you. Isn't that a better way? That way you wow, can just... no way. You're on the go. You're on the go. See, you know, yes, it sounds true. like... I wonder where it sounds like went. That's... And also... Magic. Did it actually disappear? Anywhere, Raven, me and you are talking right now and I just take a shit mid-conversation because you just do it anywhere we do it. Like, oh, so blah, blah, in your school halls. Yeah, so I know it's magically disappeared, but you're watching your teachers and fellow students just shitting everywhere because there's no designated place to do it. <laughs> well, you only, you only smell it for a second. It's kind of like, huh. oh, I don't want to see you do it. corner like you're in timeout. I feel like if you live in a society where you just shit anywhere and immediately disappear, you wouldn't care. You also, get you'd lazy. probably forget. Yeah, you forget. It wouldn't be a priority. You'd be out drunk a little bit. And you're like, where's my wine? I just had it right here. Is that a shit? Like, <laughs> Look at that. Come on, man. <laughs> All right, back to demolition. <laughs> Sandra Bullock, let's go more into her character. I loved her in what this movie. What do you think of her character? I know you did, Raven. So I'm not going to go to you Whatever. first. I'm going to go to Mike. Mike, Sandra Bullock. Did you see Bird Box? Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh man. What would you think of her in this movie? Well, it, she was just like that. It was like her. I haven't seen her in a comedic role in a while, and so she was very, like Ray was saying, very uppity and very funny. You know, Probably. she was like as like nice as you can possibly be versus like you know her comedic dry sense of humor and miscongeniality. Uh, this was kind of like oh hey, almost like kind of. You know, happy Disney-like at times. Yeah, she was like happy but, go lucky. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, but then like that was also just that time. You know, there was no violence and everything, and they were trying to make it so everyone was super nice to each other. And she was the perfect example of what the best citizens were like at the Be time. Be well. Yeah. <laughs> Be well. <laughs> but then her like also she wanted more. <laughs> A little bit because she's like, well, I'm bored. There's no violence. I need I a little action. It opens. I like that. She's, yeah. she's, she actually wants. She longs yeah. for. Yeah, she longs for yeah. something. Like she's that. almost like, she's almost like the 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 the, the super fan. Yeah, she's a super right, fan. Yeah. The nerd, like the nerd. She's a fan. She even has nerd memorabilia in the house. She has a she has a lethal weapon poster. Yeah, I love that. Was that was really cool. <laughs> I was like, yeah, lethal weapon. We did that three weeks so ago. Like, <laughs> Or however long a month ago. Shameless plug. Right, Go check out our Lethal Weapon. Shameless plug. Back to the Future. Yes, Lethal Weapon 1, Back to the Future. Um, yeah, I like that. She's always represented that fan. But again, like I mentioned earlier, if you look at the film through another lens, which is from reading the history, that was part of what they were doing through satire, was a commentary on the American action films that of the 80s and early 90s. And, and how we glorify that action. It was cool. Yeah, we want to see whiz bang, all that kind of stuff. And she actually meets one of these action stars who says, hey, you know, it's not all fun and games. Okay, relax at that. Bring it down. <laughs> and I kind of, on that level, I like it. But I agree with Mike. Um, I forget how funny Sonny Bullock could be. She's hilarious. She, I think she's someone also, she goes, takes the character to 10 or to 11. She does. But it works. In a great way. Like, I love her but in comedic works. roles. Like, yeah. uh, The Proposal. 
Have you yeah. seen it? She's like a super <laughs> bitch, but she's so fucking funny. She's like this like heartless boss, and it's hilarious. But I love seeing her in uptight roles too, because she's not like that, you know. But um, yeah, she's really comedic. But- I thought she was hilarious. I love the character. I like the portrayal of the character, and I like the kind of character arc, you know, her, like, longing to get some action and stuff and kind of realizing in the end action and stuff isn't necessarily the best way, though it might be fun. Yes, yes. Uh, Let's talk about the action star, Sylvester Stallone himself. Uh, That year, again, he also did um, Cliffhanger, which is a fantastic movie, which he wrote. I think sometimes we tend to forget that Stallone is an actor with a lot more nuance to him. It may not the always show is, in all his roles. He doesn't seem smart in his own movies no. that he portrays. <laughs> no. yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's weird. Not, Even though he writes his movie, he always plays some like dumb jock almost or like some brute which I guess, kind of guy. Which I guess tells you You're something like, about his, oh, yeah, his character, he wrote right? This. He has like a sensitive side. Yeah. He wrote this heartfelt movie or this like, you know, really badass thing. But you forget like he's smart. He writes scripts. He can yes, write exactly, things. exactly. <laughs> He originally wanted. <laughs> he, he originally wanted. Um, well, that's it. He really wanted <laughs> like that and do it. That's amazing. He originally wanted Jackie Chan for the role of Simon Phoenix, which I think would have been awesome. It would have. But at been. the time, Jackie Chan, Jackie Chan was wary about playing a villain. Yeah. He thought he would, it wouldn't go well with his uh, Asian following. <sighs> so I know. Cool. It's so good. Instead of Wesley, <laughs> especially because, uh, especially because the following year, I think the following year was Lethal Weapon Four. With Jet Li as the villain, uh, so it's like uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, but actually, like I think Stallone was good for the role. You know that or kind of reflecting on himself, playing the character that has been a hero, coming to a time where you know you have to remember that he, the action films that he's kind of connected to are, you know, you're the hero. Everyone's waiting for you. Everyone's wants you to come save the day. But he's doing a movie where they don't want you. Mm. The hero isn't needed. In fact, he wasn't even supposed to. Brought out, he was the the mistake. Yeah. Because initially the bad guy only wanted Simon Phoenix to come out, and and, and it, was, it was because of the push of Sandra Bullock's character that Stallone got brought out. And I like the sub story with his character, with his daughter. I he- I heard the movie was edited. There's actually a scene where he meets his daughter in the underground um, with the underground people, mm-hmm. and um, there's a scene when Wesley Snipes' character attacks and he's protecting the girl. That's his daughter in the film. And there was going to be a sequel to the sequel written that was going to continue the story. And there was a prequel written because the movie establishes that Simon Phoenix and, um, is it, what's his name? John Spartan. Demolition they've man. met before. Like, they've <laughs> met before countless times. Mm. So you could you could see a prequel happening. Oh, right? yeah. Because that wasn't the first time they've met. That was like their last night. Yeah. I'd love to see it. I'd, I actually would see this movie rebooted. I wouldn't mind. Today. Yeah, I, I would see it because re- I think the the concept is. Sound, I wouldn't even mind sure. Sandra Bullock and <laughs> Sylvester Stallone being in the new one, kind of and them kind of being cryogenic or something like that, or like you know, not necessarily that, but like it embracing that they're older now and it focusing on other characters, mm-hmm. but not necessarily like replacing them. If that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not here. You know, like I don't mind uh, a continuation of within the same world, but the, the, yeah, the story. Those actual. Same actors. Yeah, because think about it with the budgets we have now in Hollywood and the CG and stuff, the kind of futuristic world we create. Kissing kissing in real life. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You mean exchange of bodily fluids? Ew. Exactly. (laughs) Ew. Um, Who who else is this? Uh, We mentioned Rob Schneider's in this, in a brief comedic role. Dennis Um, Leary is pretty funny in this. Yeah. He's just being Dennis Leary. 
Yeah. I'm like, you nagged that hole in this movie. Fun fact, this, the character was rewritten so Dennis Leary could go on his rants. <laughs> like, because the character was there like, before he was tell, cast. You like, could tell, though. Like, you could tell they were like, just keep going on this. Yeah. good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. You could tell there's, there's the scene where, where they first meet Stallone. You can see Stallone's trying not to laugh. Yeah. As he's going on this rant, it's like, okay, do I say something now? Do I yeah. say something now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, lastly, the one thing I forgot to say about Stallone. I do feel like this is his best acting maybe ever that I've seen him in a movie. That's what, I'm, well, that's what like, I was alluding to before when I say. Tell, uh, you can see his acting. between Rocky and Demolition Man in terms of like his acting skills, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's why you need to see also see uh, uh, Cliffhanger. I might make Cliffhanger next week's movie, Raven. Because that's actually a good movie. You see his acting. I think he wrote that uh, as well. I think you said that he I wrote it like three times. So I hope he wrote it. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm thinking. I'm just trying to think. I don't know if he may have directed that too. That's actually a really, really good movie. You want me to um, look it up? I can. Right now. Okay, sure. Go look it up right now. Let's talk about the directing. The director was. It's the first. It was his first film. What else did they do? Marco Bram. Marco Brambilla. I think that's what happened. You got a lot of European directors making these sci-fi films, um, just like uh, Robocop as well. He did anything famous. I don't think he did anything else famous. Mm. No. I can't. There's something called Dinotopia, which I've never heard of. No. Excess, oh. Bag- Excess Baggage. Oh, no, I know that film. Excess Baggage. Yeah. With Benicio Del Toro and I think Alicia Silverstone. Okay, so Stallone wrote the screenplay for Cliffhanger, but not necessarily, like, the story and stuff. There's four writers on it. Yeah, oh, boom. I will tell, I felt like the cinematography is dope. I really like the lighting, the art direction, the sets. I think, I think that goes into art direction. The art direction was done really well. Like, the color palette, I like the blues. It was such a thing for 90s action films to do always do those, like, Fast tilted angles, yes, like yes. as someone was like Dutch. running down a hall. Dutch. You know, I was it just say, I like yeah, the camera movements. You know, mm-hmm. it was fun. And that's the thing too yeah. about the color palette. I feel like they added bright colors to keep it like bright. Like they could have easily made it a really dark, you know, movie. Like similar to what we saw in the opening. You know, we could have had just gray, you know, bluish dark palettes throughout the rest of the movie. You know, but I kind of like that the brightness added to the campiness of the movie. I will say there were some dark things in there, like him having to be conscious the whole time. And when he talked about having to see his wife banging on the glass, you know, for 40 years of what she, you know, what used to be her her husband, I was like, ouch, you know, that does hurt. And like, granny, you feel for him, but at the same time, you're like, nah, bro, you killed like 30 people, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I feel bad. It's not his fault. I know he didn't kill them, but it's like, it's crazy, you know, like in the future that cops actually... Uh, get punished for their crimes. Wow, <laughs> they got that wrong. <laughs> I, 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 I love. Um, I love one of my favorite scenes. Let's talk about favorite moments before we finish off. Uh, my favorite moments is when he finds out it's a rat burger. I was gonna say oh, the rat yeah. burger, uh, but he's just like he's just like rat burger. He said rat. Eh, whatever. It's okay. Yeah. You know what? Fuck it. <laughs> like, I'm already eating exactly. it. It's yum. <laughs> I love it. I, the first time I saw it, I seen it, I was like, oh, and that's like the thing I remember most about the movie was Rat Burger. But it makes sense. And she said, the extended bodily fluids, do you know what that leads to? And Stallone's like, yeah, I do. Kids smoking, desire to raid the fridge. <laughs> And also, did she mean like this? Be like after HIV, there was this, this. I was like, it was like mad letters. 40 years. 
How many diseases like, did you get in 40 years? HSQ. Just mad letters. I was like, what? I was like, damn. Yeah, I was like, damn, I wouldn't touch anybody either in that future. Yeah. I'm like, shit, I wouldn't give high fives either. Fun fact. The beginning of the movie, that building that's destroyed was one of the very rare moments in film when they actually destroy a large building. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times it's a miniature or CGI effect. They don't actually blow up a building that big. Uh-huh. So especially at that time, that was, that was a big deal for them to blow up the actual building. Wow, that is awesome. I didn't also, realize they actually blew up the building. That's dope. Yeah. During filming, Sandra Bullock and Sylvester Stallone got on so well that she saw him as her big brother figure on set. And they worked together, which led to them working together on... Um, I feel like they're probably uh, still Judge, friends. Judge and I love the idea and of that friendship. Rob Schneider also became friends with uh, Sandra Bullock, mm. but declined to work with her on some bus movie she was doing next. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love because fucking Speed wow. ended up being one of the best releases that year. That movie's so ridiculous. I did a drinking game at a bar with a bunch of strangers to that movie because it was on on TV after some basketball game, and everybody was like, no, we're doing it. Speed. <laughs> that movie's so ridiculous. So if you watch it now, like it really is just about a bus. Uh, Wes- Wesley Snipes hated his dye job and shaved his head as soon as he started filming. However, not long after, Dennis Rodman started doing the same type of dye job. <laughs> <laughs> I will also say one so- of my quotes that I loved is um, when the lady at Taco Bell said to uh, John Spartan, she's like, what would you say if I called you a brutish fossil symbolic of a decayed era, gratefully forgotten? And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but again, you see, that line again, that line is, is exactly a great example of the commentary the movie was at least trying to say about action films at the time. Um, another movie that we will do one of these days for Back to the Future is Robocop. Robocop has a lot of commentary in it. You see, it's just an action film, but there was a time where a lot of European directors were making American sci-fi films and throwing in commentary into the, those films. And lines like that is a perfect example of it because it's literally talking to Stallone, an American style of action. Yeah, game, you know? but I was also laughing because it's like she's trying so hard to be offensive and can't. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, course. and it's like funny because I'm like thinking from his perspective, I'd probably be like, thanks too. Like, what are you saying? <laughs> yeah. I was just cracking up. I don't know. Um, We spoke about the possible sequel at one point. Uh, The rumor was that they were going to bring Jackie Chan and uh, he would be the main antagonist replacing Wesley Snipes. Well, of course, that didn't happen. Hopefully, Jackie Chan can still happen. He's still got it, right? He's still a badass, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He came up with that movie that we... Jackie uh, Chan. Yeah. That would be awesome. He saw last year. He he still got it. Uh, anything else before we close nitpicks like I said earlier I think my biggest nitpick is the action scenes they want as like Wesley Snipes you could tell he's a good martial artist but I ended up finding out apparently Wesley Snipes was so fast that it fucked up the camera movement so they had to tweak around you know and find a way that he could kind of like either fight slower or they could do camera tricks which kind of ended up being the resulted uh, disconnect that we see because you could tell Wesley Snipes was dope but I felt like he had no worthy Yes, that's uh, what I'm saying. Men to work with, you no, know. Right. There was there was nothing for him to fight against, and there was no epic moment of, or even if it's not martial arts, I wanted more of a better fight between him and Stallone's character. Yeah, it wasn't great. You know, so the, 
the, the fight scenes are more tussles. Yeah, it's more like rolling right, around. Right, they're just throwing like each other around. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, siblings exactly. fighting. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Throw a punch. So it wasn't you, like, can, you can even hit him in the, the face. He's not your friend. Yeah. It was, it was an, I did like the how he kills Simon Phoenix way. It, it's almost like poetic I will say that was like the circle. most epic part for me. Oh, I was Mortal like, Kombat. shit. Yeah. Yo, he's dead as fuck. Because, <laughs> because it opens with him. It opens with him with the gas on the floor um, threatening to light the gas. And it ends with him, the same kind of thing, but this time you're freezing the, floor, mm-hmm. the whole floor thing. I think that was, yeah. that was a cool He kicked his head off and it shattered. Yeah. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He might be all right. It went in. Tears but a scratch. <laughs> so where does, the world, where does the world go from here? I don't know. Yeah, but, but it's like he totally just like demolished the, the government and every type of stature they Society had. Just... And then just kind of left all these sheep to fend for themselves. So I do want to see a sequel because I feel like it makes sense. Because what the fuck happened after you demolish society? I think I think it's one of those situations where there's a there's it's an interesting world where you can put other stories. Into yeah, because like I don't need you know? the same yeah. perspective, you know. No. I don't need the same characters, but I do like the world that they created. And I do. Yes. Kind of want to know who else is fro- who else is frozen. Yeah, and I want to know who's risen up, you know, from the ashes. And, and also little things like <laughs> which Phoenix has risen this time. Simon Phoenix. Um, you also kind of think about okay, this technology exists in this world, right? It's not necessarily only going to be used for prison. There's going to be other uses. So, what other things can you tell? I'd like to see future storytellers play with this. Maybe us one day, guys. Mm-hmm. Maybe, play with, Maybe play in this universe. We'll never know. TV series or, uh, or even a reboot. A TV or show would be dope because then you could do like a yeah. weekly buddy cop kind of show. Yeah. All you could do is like there's a prison where a hundred inmates got thawed and escaped. So every week is, is trying to find one. So that way you're set for like three seasons. There seasons. you go. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Um, that's it for this podcast. I think ultimately, I enjoyed the movie. I, I think it was think fun. fun. I think it still, yeah, I think it still holds up. It's got its things to it, but not that it ruins the film. Mike, your first time watching it. Closing comments. Overall, what do you think? I think it's underrated. Uh, there was a lot more to it than I would initially think. Can't uh, judge a movie by its poster. <laughs> so it's been... <laughs> well, two guys staring at each other? Yeah. Because <laughs> you, you don't realize, like, you know, what's, what's nice is batshit crazy. And Stallone is actually... It's, it's almost like Batman and Joker. It actually yeah. makes me want to th- kind of see Stallone as Batman now. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. <laughs> or, I mean, oh, he's too old for it, but I'm like, oh. I see Wesley's really Joker in the 90s. I love Stallone fucking Batman, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even if it's just a short. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, just a Five quick. Five minutes. I'm not the hero you need. <laughs> but the one that you deserve. <laughs> That's all I have. Uh, Raven, yeah. closing thoughts on this movie. I, I still enjoy it. I think it's a fun film. I think, uh, you know, if you're a fan of Stallone, Bullock, it's it's not a bad film to watch. I think in terms of their roles that they've played, it's possibly one of my top three from both of them. So, uh, you know, I think it's a great film. It's a lot of fun. Early 90s, you know, you get what you kind of expect, but just a little bit more, you know. And if you want to see Leslie Snipes in his prime, it's definitely a good one to check it out. <laughs> I mean, it led to him doing Blade not long after. We'll see. That's that's Blade. cool. I kind of want to rewatch yeah. Blade, but uh, and I feel like Wesley Snipes didn't do enough villain roles. He didn't. Well, maybe because you know. people saw this. 
<laughs> and they're like, you can't do any more. This is, this is max to you. Nip that you peaked right now. Um, but yeah, uh, closing comments. Thank you guys for listening. What do you guys think of uh, Demolition Hi, Man? And I think it's a Tell good us. futuristic world that still stands as a futuristic world for us currently. Well, no, they, they, got, they got a lot right. Like it's cool got, doing like, a back to feature of a movie that's set in the future. Uh, this is true. Boom. <laughs> I tied it all Actually, in. Some, Here you go. <laughs> I have some comments I forgot on our social media pages. Look at you. Almost I forgetting asked, about the people. T. Benaroff says, I watched it about two months ago and it really holds up well. Oh, I still want the Oldsmobile on the fines for cursing. It seems like something California would do. <laughs> John Spartan is a perfect representation of what many people feel like today. The movie definitely was foreshadowing. Uh, yeah, so thanks for the comments of T. Benaroff. All right, well, good podcast, guys. Thank you, Raven, as always. Thank you, bro. bro. Thank you, Mike, for joining for joining us as a guest, but then possibly ongoing host. Uh, thank you, and I will be back oh, yeah. shortly. Thank you, guys, for listening. Rock and Mike will return. Da, My da, name da. is Endless Dave. This has been a Back to the Feature podcast, and this week we spoke about 1993's Demolition Man. And as always, guys, Raven. Keep it nerdy, guys.